Welcome everyone to the Compounding Center Connections, where we talk about different health conditions with our partnered practitioners. I'm your host, Jay Gill, the owner and a compounding pharmacist from the Compounding Center in Leesburg, Virginia, where we collaborate with practitioners, create custom medications to help patients get better. In today's episode, we have Dr. Ava Coleman from Harmony Medica in Western Virginia. We're going to discuss hormone imbalance, especially in patients with chronic diseases, such as Lyme disease. Um, so Dr. Coleman, welcome, uh, uh, welcome to the podcast and the webinar. Uh, please, if you would introduce yourself uh, uh, to the audience. Thank you for inviting me, Jay. And uh, my name is Eva Coleman, and I'm internal medicine doctor. I have been pra practicing medicine for more than 20 years. Um, I would like to welcome everyone to this educational episode. And thank you, Jay, for organizing that and making time. Um, I think in this difficult time uh, we are going through is um, a good time to put some um, time aside for additional education and that's what we are doing now. So I have been treating uh, patients with Lyme disease for the past uh, five years. Um, I got my baseline medical education in Europe, did a residency in Chicago. And uh, after that, I was practicing for 15 years primary care. Um, and uh, during that time, I developed interest into more functional medicine, preventative medicine and hormonal balancing. Because I saw a lot of patient women in perimenopausal and menopausal age, which were suffering and we were just giving like formula medicine to all and with uh, mixed results. So that makes me to um, start more education in that field. And um, like I said, for the past five years, I have been treating also Lyme disease patients and patients with chronic inflammatory disease. So I would like to share my experience. Well, thank you very much for uh, sharing uh, your experience with us um, uh, in, in this specialty of yours. Uh, so let's get started. Um, now, our topic is Lyme and hormones. Um, but if we want to just take a step back, if you could, uh, you know, talk to the viewing audience and the listeners, um, if you could just talk to us, what are hormones in general and which are the ones you're going to be talking about today? Okay. Hormones are these little chemicals we release in our body. And we have a lot of hormones in our body, more than 200 hormones uh, we produce in our body. And they are major hormones and minor, minor hormones. And they um, actually um, work together in the uh, many hormonal system which interacts with each other. So deficiencies or imbalances in, the in certain hormones affects other hormones. 
and um, hormones are these messengers. They are released from um, glands, which is stimulated by the brain, and travel to the cells, and that's how they work, and back from the cells, go back to the brain. So, um, uh, glands uh, which are release, uh, releasing hormones, they are, for example, the master gland is hypothalamus, pituitary in our brain, of course, thyroid gland, adrenal glands, thymus, um, and also uh, ovaries, testicles. They are the major glands releasing hormones. So um, just to um, also mention to the audience, so, you know, this is such a wide topic on hormones. Uh, Dr. Coleman and I decided that we are just going to be talking today about um, menopause and perimenopause and the hormones associated um, uh, with, the, uh, with them. And our upcoming episodes will be uh, more on thyroid hormone and adrenal hormones and even one dedicated strictly for men uh, because we don't want to overlook men either. Um, so having said that, Dr. Coleman, could you uh, define menopause and perimenopause? Yes. Menopause, by definition, is 12 months without menstrual period. But actually, the changes, hormonal changes, starts much earlier, uh, up to like 10 years before. And of course, this depends on genetic factors, of your stress level, on nutrition and sleep, uh, how soon the... Uh, hormonal changes starts and how severe symptoms you will have. So the 10 years before um, menopause, uh, when already you have changes in hormonal release, we call perimenopause. Um, hormones are the highest level are in our 20s, 30s, and usually that time people don't develop any problems and any disease. So the problems are not related to good amount of the hormones. The problems are related to imbalances of the hormones. And that's what happens during perimenopause. Gotcha. Now, um, so I know you have some slides to uh, share information. And for those that are listening on the podcast, we'll make these slides also available to you in the link uh, provided. Um, and if you would like to, perhaps, um, could you talk to us about what symptoms uh, would, a, you know, would a patient experience with this hormone imbalance? Okay. Um, so let me uh, start maybe with um, a definition of uh, good hormones and bad hormones. They are more like good hormones, which are sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid hormones. And they are bad hormones if they are in abnormal uh, value like cortisol and insulin. And as we uh, age, the uh, good hormones, sex hormones, thyroid hormones, they decrease. And um, the bad hormones tends to increase. That's the tendency um, uh, 
during you know aging process and uh, during um, menopause uh, when the ovarian function stops actually your adrenal glands takes over and you produce most uh, sex hormones from your adrenal gland Actually, women produce, for example, testosterone, 50% they produce uh, from adrenal gland, from DHEA, another hormone. Um, so when you have a chronic inflammatory disease like Lyme, which affects release of the hormones because the chronic inflammation uh, from infection like uh, Borrelia burgdorferi and co-infection like Babesia, Bartonella, Ehrlichia, Mycoplasma, and more, um, they are causing release of inflammatory cells called cytokines. And what that does to your hormones affects actually your like master gland in your brain, which is hypothalamus. And all the releasing hormones, which stimulates release of other hormones from other glands, um, are already abnormal. And that is causing more deficiency. So symptoms of menopause, what usually women experience, um, they are variety of symptoms. Not two women, they experience the same symptoms. Everything, like I said, depends of your genetic factors, of your you know, uh, comorbid condition, of your nutrition, of, of lifestyle. Uh, but the most kind of um, uh, common uh, symptoms like uh, many of the women can share with us are hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, uh, painful intercourse, irritability, anxiety, panic attacks, mood swing, depression, palpitations, uh, dizzy spells, uh, increase in migraine headaches, insomnia, uh, losing the hair, but increasing the facial hair growth, uh, frequent urination, um, and uh, frequent urinary tract infection, um, also more bloating, more digestive problems. Of course, weight gain, uh, sore breast, varicose veins, lower back pain, of many times joint pains, and of course, osteoporosis. So that's, that's already a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a woman coming to my office and we had a long relationship as primary care and they have been saying, you know, Dr. Karma, I don't know what is going on. I'm forgetting names. Um, I'm forgetting things. I have to write uh, uh, notes everywhere and I forget to look at them. I think I'm losing my mind. What's going on? Do I have Alzheimer's? I'm developing Alzheimer's disease. What's wrong with me? And that could be purely related to estrogen deficiency. So, but Lyme disease and uh, peri or menopause already, uh, that's even worse picture because there is exacerbation of the existing symptoms and actually, um, host of other symptoms that were not previously present. So usually women have exacerbation in their fatigue, brain fog, poor memory, 
marked insomnia symptoms and uh, mood swings. They are severe, sometimes rage and panic attacks, inability to multitask, uh, increased headaches, um, increased joint pain, more digestive issue, um, increased sensitivities and allergies. Um, so this is a not good combination. So um, a lot of um, that comes from the hormonal deficiency because uh, steroid hormones, sex hormones that actually have anti-inflammatory effect. And during perimenopause and menopause, when the, uh, actually we develop deficiency of these hormones, the symptoms are getting much worse. And as physicians, we are obligated to, you know, uh, treat that and uh, find these deficiencies and uh, treat as well as possible. So it's quite a task that you have a patient that comes to you, uh, has been um, diagnosed with Lyme disease or chronic Lyme, and mm -hmm. they're also having symptoms of perimenopause or menopause. Yes. It's all been exacerbated, but both of these things happening together. Exactly. Um, okay. So, so that's a difficult task. You have to um, actually, well, I treat my patient's whole, whole body, more functional. And um, so you need to do proper evaluation and you need to check all the hormones in order to see uh, what are the deficiency and treat it. So on this particular slide that you have, mm -hmm. um, could you talk to them about which of these hormones uh, do you usually test for at, yes. in, in your practice? Uh, actually, almost all of that. This is a slide with a steroid uh, production chart. So, um, you know, the first uh, hormone which is produced from cholesterol is pregnenolone. Pregnenolone is produced in adrenal glands, but is abundant in, in brain tissue. Actually, we, we have a lot of pregnenolone in the brain and much more than in the blood. Okay, so, and pregnenolone is precursor of other hormones. So, uh, it uh, forms uh, progesterone, it forms uh, DHEA in uh, adrenal glands, and from DHEA it forms a lot of testosterone and uh, estrogen. Uh, also forms glucocorticoids like cortisol and um, mineral corticoids like aldosterone. So as you see, this is like chain reaction and uh, actually certain situation like being chronically sick from inflammatory problems, yes, from chronic infections, or just having severe stress, what it does, how this pathway is going wrong direction instead of uh, producing other hormones is going to produce more cortisol and you develop more deficiencies of other hormones. So I see that frequently the women, even in their 30s, they come to my office and they say, well, I don't know, I have all these symptoms like, like menopause. I have like night sweats and uh, 
you know, sweating and my menstrual cycle is irregular, what's going on? So as we know, we have a lot of stress now and uh, now more women are involved with uh, a full-time job, very competitive, over the top, they have a, a house and they have uh, kids and they have all other chores they have do and they many of these women when they are perfectionists they uh, they work themselves they, too much and they exhaust their system and uh, the cortisol could be high for a long time and after you know many years of uh, doing that actually depletes and after that you develop deficiency so um, take me down uh, uh you know, a patient, uh, like a path, uh, if you could, how do you approach um, a patient who walks into your practice and how do you approach your, you know, overall treatment plan? Because you did mention that, you know, you look at the person as a whole, you are a functional medicine uh, practitioner. And so therefore it's just not looking at one thing you're looking uh you know, the root cause and you're looking at the whole person. So if you could uh, walk us down this path and say, how do you approach mm -hmm. your treatment plan for this type of patient? Uh, let me start with that. I was practicing primary care for so many years and I didn't like how, uh, how the medicine uh, system worked that time because it didn't allow me to spend enough time with the patient and actually you know the history uh, the connection with patient getting all the you know symptoms right getting you know family history past medical history and uh, you know talking about nutrition talking about lifestyle you cannot cover that in 15 minutes uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 15 minutes visit. So I never liked that way. I was thinking we need to approach, uh, you know, uh, the problem differently. That uh, uh, So that's why I started practicing more like functional medicine and um, doing that different way. Um, so basically good history and physical exam that's the baseline okay so you need to spend time with the patient uh going over past uh whatever laboratory results you have or um studies is very helpful and based on that making a plan what you're gonna check so um you know, I try to check as much as I can with the insurance and with the LabCorp or Quest. So we do pretty uh, extensive blood work to check like blood cells, comprehensive metabolic panel, urine evaluation, uh, diabetes evaluation, uh, inflammation evaluation. Certain hormones are good to check with blood work like thyroid hormones. And uh, for example, all the hormones released from the brain, but like sex hormones or adrenal hormones, unfortunately, blood test is not um, enough because you need to check tissue level um, of the hormones 
uh, blood level is not uh, uh, giving us right information because the uh, adrenal hormones and uh, sex hormones has diurnal variation of release. They have monthly variation of release. They, in the blood, they are bound to proteins and free forms and you don't know how much you have actually bio, uh, a viable uh, hormone in the blood. So I tend to do all a salivary test because saliva is the, the tissue level of the hormones and you can do several times during the day and night to know what is the uh, diurnal variation of the release of the hormone or urinary test. Actually, I do a lot of urinary tests. I have a couple laboratories. I really like what they are doing because they check all hormones uh, multiple times uh, uh, during, you know, 24 hours period. And uh, they check metabolites of the hormones. And the most important, like when we are looking for the hormonal replacement, you would like to know what this hormone is doing in that patient in their body, because the metabolite, metabolism of the hormones could be affected by many, many things. One of them is chronic inflammatory disease, a Lyme disease. So, because people that time they have problem with detoxification and release of the toxin and the same with the hormones. So you can go in the condition of accumulation of too much hormones in your body and that's not good picture. But I'm sorry, I diverted a little bit. Uh, that's a lot of to talk about it. But basically, the evaluation takes uh, good blood work with evaluation of the hormones, certain vitamins, which are cofactors in the production of steroid hormones like vitamin Bs, folic acid, making sure that patient doesn't have any genet genetic deficiency in methylation and if if this is the problem, you have to um, uh, actually uh, start treatment with certain vitamins, make sure that they don't have any uh, heavy metal toxicity with Lyme disease, for example, there is uh, um, increase of the mercury level a lot. Um, other things, iodine level, selenium, vitamin D, Magnesium, this is very important in many reactions in our body and with Lyme disease, it usually is very low, so we have to supplement that. Other things, I spent uh, a lot of time with the patient talking about their habits, uh, their nutrition, uh, because that's actually where we start everything. Um, if you have a dysbiosis in your gut, so you don't have enough good bacteria. Um, everything is processed different way. You develop this uh, leaky gut syndrome and you don't uh, absorb things uh, right way. You produce uh, a kind of autoimmune problems. Uh, so Healthy gut, this is important uh, to address uh, first with any treatment. So sometimes we have to go to specialty testing and check for uh, gastrointestinal dysbiosis or food sensitivities and address that. Gotcha. So it's not only just a basic physical exam, blood work, but 
uh, you're doing some pretty um, other specialty tests, whether it's uh, the GI test or heavy metal, yes, um, even genetic testing to look at the overall picture. Yes. Hmm. Um, so uh, let's see. Can you talk, now that you've talked to us, okay, what kind of testing you do, uh, could you talk to us a little bit uh, about um, uh, what you just brought up on your slide there, dietary and any kind of, you talked a little bit about some supplements uh, or yes. even if you use any herbal products in your practice. Yes, so uh, the first, of course, we have to have a diagnosis and after that we start treatment plan, yes. so. Uh, like I mentioned before, I start with digestive tract and diet. So that's, uh, you know, we have to define what, if there is any problem with absorption, remove the offending factors and uh, uh, replace the good bacteria, start anti-inflammatory diet, uh, reducing sugar, gluten, coffee, alcohol, uh, get more on the board calcium, magnesium rich containing food, especially for perimenopausal, menopausal women. This is very important for bone strength and uh, good hormones. So collagen containing foods, sardines with bones, for example, are good, green leafy vegetables and sea vegetables. Oh my God, Dr. Coleman, you want us to give up coffee, alcohol, and then have sardine with bones. Well, that I'm talking doesn't... about super perfect, yes, but if you can decrease, because, you know, when we work a lot, when we are busy, we tend to have this uh, machine espresso on and go and drink like, you know, five coffees a day. If you can decrease that to one cup of coffee, and get more uh, nutritious uh, and superfood, which gives you more energy because coffee is giving you like um, pulse energy. It just mm. sparks you for a little while. Yeah. And after that, you feel more tired because it affects actually your adrenal hormones. So, and superfoods are very important. So when you're cooking, use bone broth, vegetable broth, uh, liver, <laughs> uh, mm sea vegetables, fermented, uh, you know, food and sprouted food. This is um, really good for production of, uh, it's like prebiotics, increase the production of uh, probiotics, which are good bacteria in your intestine, in your gut. Other things, if you can add flax seeds and very good if you can do fresh, uh, uh, not process uh, uh, fresh flaxes. It helps to rebalance estrogen. Um, soy, fermented soy is good. It has to be fermented and organic, uh, but some people have a soy uh, allergy, so they have to avoid. Broccoli sprouts. Broccoli sprouts, uh, they have uh, some substance which we are use uh, and in general, cruciferous vegetables are full of this substance is uh, called 3-indocarbinol, which is helping uh, uh, in uh, uh, reverse of metabolism of estrone, one of the estrogens, uh, to good estrogen. 
so eating enough broccoli and especially broccoli sprouts helps with estrogen metabolism and reduction of breast cancer. Okay. Well, uh, if somebody comes and has mild symptoms, uh, usually, usually I go to hormones because, you know, I don't want to waste time. And especially when people are uh, very sick, like with Lyme disease and their symptoms are exacerbated because of perimenopause, um, you have to be a little bit more aggressive in, with replacing the hormones, uh, especially adrenal hormones and sex hormones because they have anti-inflammatory effect. But in my cases, I, I try with um, modulating herbs like Vitex, black cohosh, maca, licorice root, and dong quai. Of course, you know, they, everyone is different. So you have to talk to the patient, see what, what are the problems, which uh, herbal supplement will work better for them. Um, baseline for everyone, reduce toxic load, reduce non-organic foods. I think everyone should eat only organic, 100%. Um, reduce processed food, uh, so no fast food. Uh, no smoking, and no exposure to xenoestrogens, which are synthetic estrogens, because they are actually toxic to our body. Um, lifestyle modification, like reduce the stress. Um, well, we are always exposed to some stress, but we can actually develop some relaxation technique and to uh, prevent stress to affect our uh, body in negative way. So meditation, aerobic exercise, but not aerobic, which means uh, you exercise and you highly oxygenate your body. So this is not aerobic, what you think, like, you know, high intense uh, cardiovascular, that actually can have a uh, vice versa effect on your hormones and your health, okay? you need to oxygenate your body for a long time. So walk, like fast walk for one hour. That would be proper aerobic exercise. Um, introducing weights, you know, that helps with the hormones. And maybe a little bit intermittent, you know, training uh, like for 20, 30 second uh, high intensity uh, exercise uh, combined with uh, low intensity exercise, that would be appropriate. So, um, <clears throat> so we've looked at the treatment plan from the lifestyle changes, some, you know, diet changes, uh, supplements, herbals, um, now, you mentioned that, you know, you sometimes, uh, in some cases, have to be uh, a little bit aggressive and go to the hormones because the symptoms are bad, uh, or I shouldn't say bad, the symptoms are uh, there. And so, you know, in today's episode, we're talking about estrogen, progesterone, maybe a little bit about testosterone um, uh, today. So, can you uh, now talk to us? I know uh, all the years that I've known you, you have always used bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Could you talk to us about what does the term bioidentical uh, mean mm -hmm. or why do you choose to use okay. in your practice only bioidenticals? 
Uh, let me start from myself. I am woman too. And I was going through some problems, hormonal too, like every woman does. And um, unfortunately, I was always aware that, um, you know, I started in my practice treating women with just uh, one or a couple of doses of synthetic hormones, uh, not necessary work all the time. And I wanted to be proactive and thinking about my patient health and my own. And so that's why I, I, I started doing um, more investigation in that uh, field and sign with uh, anti-aging and regenerative and functional medicine and did fellowship with them. And that was like eye-opening. I am a doctor. I know a lot like how to you know, diagnose disease, how to treat, but we really don't know how to prevent things. And uh, open eyes to all other um, treatments and possibilities I can do, and they are much more healthy. And um, they are, of course, evidence-based um, um, support with the uh, scientific evidence and have been done for years in Europe, uh, longer than in United States, and there were no problems. So there were bioidentical hormones. Uh, the first, they are made from plants and yams, so they are natural. They are taken to laboratory and make exactly the same structural, uh, chemical structure as our hormones. I forgot to mention that the hormones, how they work, when they attach to the cells, uh, on the cells there are receptors and the hormones attach to the receptor and is like mirror image, is like the uh, key and lock, it has to fit in order to uh, work properly. So synthetic hormones, they have a totally different chemical structure so how uh, the proteins won't fit here. So uh, they have a lot of uh, side effects and risk. Um, so bioidentical bio hormones, they are bioidentical. They have the same structure so they can fit properly to the receptors. And we have receptors to hormones, to sex hormones like uh, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all over the body, in your brain, in your heart, in your liver, in your digestive tract, in your skin. So it's not only about your breast and uterus, you know, they affect the function of all these organs. So um, for example, I have the slide, but unfortunately uh, we cannot see that, um, uh, of the structure, chemical, chemical structure of estradiol, testosterone and progesterone. And from the far, they look almost the same. So there are minute changes in the structure, which makes totally different substances, chemical substances. So look at the next slide, which shows you, for example, progesterone, uh, which is natural, and medroxyprogesterone, which is a uh, uh, synthetic hormone. How big difference is in chemical structure? So how they can work the same, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, for example, estradiol, uh, uh, for example, I'm sorry, premarin is composed of 200 molecules 
of estrogen and most of them they are foreign to human estrogen. Uh, actually they made from the urine of pregnant horse. So, um, and like I said, there is a lot of uh, evidence that uh, bioidentical hormones are working uh, much better and are much safer and actually are protective to your health. Yeah, there's more and more information and much larger scale studies out there on bioidentical hormones. Yes. I've, I've always explained to our patients that, you know, it's a mirror image. That's, that's, uh, and it's a better choice over um, uh, synthetics. Um, but the risk is the same as, you know, synthetics uh, also. The side effects or, um, you know, that uh, you have to assume that. And, you know, as, as far as, you know, information, as more and more information comes out, but we go into it looking at it that, okay, um, you know, um, they're mirror image and basically you're trying to get the right balance too much. Exactly. Hormone so is bad. To too much, I'm sorry, or too low is not good. So you have to be in physiological range. Yes. So you look at the patient's symptoms and you have to follow your treatment. So do appropriate checking once in a while because before patient develops symptoms, for example, for, from too much estrogen and too much, uh, it can take time. So yeah. you have to be proactive. And, uh, but I have a patients now for many, many years, they are on hormone replacement with bioidentical. And that was like a life changer for them. And uh, even they are like uh, late 60s, 70s, and they don't want to be taken all the hormones because every time they try to, um, they feel worse. But of course, in, it's individual. Uh, some women, they had a very bad lifestyle, very bad nutrition. And we started with the hormones and over the time they improve their health, they improve their nutrition, they detox, and they were able to take over just with, uh, so I was able to tape them off uh, uh, bioidentical hormones and they were able to consist a good health and symptoms free state with uh, just a lifestyle. Ah, so yeah, in some cases you can, um, uh, manage symptoms without even the hormones? Well, what I mean, after originally uh, having patient for, you know, few years on hormones and yeah. they are working on their health in general, some of them, they are able to, after, you know, that uh, most stressful period of menopause, uh, uh, stop the bioidentical hormones and just follow with good nutrition and lifestyle. So Dr. Coleman, in the essence of time, um, are there uh, any other um, things you wanted to talk to us about the hormones and uh, it, the imbalance on hormones with uh, um, yeah, such you as know Lyme disease? I just want to talk more about bioidentical hormones because there's always this question. Uh, okay. 
you know, they are the the best uh, hormones we have so far to uh, to replace when we uh, have deficiencies. And like I said, with chronic inflammatory disease, with uh, Lyme disease, with chronic infection, when the hormones are even more deficient, uh, we have to be more aggressive. We have to, you know, of course, check levels and things and follow that, but don't hesitate because these people are feeling very bad already. And these hormones have anti-inflammatory effect, okay? So uh, besides the sex hormone was we, we were talking about today, uh, about perimenopause and menopause, there is, uh, you know, all adrenal hormones and thyroid hormones which are affected with chronic inflammation, like systemic inflammation. And that will be topic of our next uh, talk, but I want to just, uh, you know, point that is very important the first to address adrenal problems. And after that, go to thyroid problems because that's always the case with the especially Lyme disease. People have a lot of thyroid problems. Um, now, uh, you know, treatment like uh, synthetic, for example, and bioidentical, we already talked about that. For example, synthetic uh, progestins uh, versus natural progesterone they have a totally different effect in your body. Uh, synthetic progestins increase risk for breast cancer, whereas uh, progesterone actually inhibits breast tissue pro proliferation. Uh, the same synthetic progestin have a negative effect on cardiovascular system and lipids. Um, Progesterone, natural progesterone actually has positive effect and preventive effect on your heart and lipids. Uh, so that's why the other um, reasons why we have to uh, think about bioidentical uh, hormones. Um, I remember when I uh, started working here in Virginia, 2002, and women were calling 2002 like crazy be and uh, because there was a big issue with women health initiative study. And the study showed that um, hormones are bad for you. Uh, women were terrified. They were calling and they were dropping like cold turkey hormones. And... Of course, six weeks uh, later, um, they were feeling very bad. Um, that was, you know, that was study which was done wrong from the start. Um, the first they were using only synthetic hormones and, uh, and other things, the average age of the patient was, uh, they were, basically, you know, too old. It was around 70s. And, uh, and there was no any screening for pre-existing condition. So, um, but uh, also uh, when they added medroxyprogesterone to the estrogen, they uh, saw a tremendous increase in the uh, negative outcome in uh, cardiovascular um, problems. And that's when the study stopped. So 
Um, but there was also study done later, um, uh, conducted uh, through the Yale, Yale School of Medicine, uh, and the study, uh, they studied uh, women from 2002 to 2011, and um, uh, women who are not on estrogen anymore. Okay. And they found that 50,000 premature deaths in postmenopausal women might have resulted from not replacing estrogen. So, um, so that's other, um, wow. there is more new study proving that, uh, you know, that hormones, native, our native hormones or bioidentical hormones in the right amount and right ratio they are preventative and they are good for you, good for, uh, for your heart, good for your brain, uh, good for the prevention of breast cancer and uterine cancer. Only when we change the hormones uh, from the, their native form to synthetic hormones, okay? And when we don't uh, know what the hormones are doing in your body when we don't check the hormonal metabolism, when we don't check, you know, um, uh, how you detoxifying, how, how you reabsorb the hormones, and um, that can cause uh, problems. So, um, you know, one of the things when you're working with bioidentical hormones or even a functional medicine physician, it is um, pretty inevitable that you will have to have a relationship with a compounding pharmacy. And whether it's a practitioner or a patient, you really have to work with a reputable uh, or start a relationship and see um, if you connect with a, a pharmacist and even the physician. Yes. So. Um, you know, a plug for the compounding center. We are an accredited uh, compounding pharmacy. We've been in, uh, in this area for over 40 years. And we have, from day one, compounded with bioidenticals, even back in, I can remember, you know, late 80s. Uh, nobody had heard the term bioidentical. And we were compounding with bioidentical hormones back then. And compounding allows you to make medications customized. They're more specific to the patient. Um, and, you know, uh, nowadays, you know, it, it's uh, at our, at the compounding center, we have a manifesto where we keep things simple. And that means it needs to be only have things what you need. It's not, you know, have fillers that are derived mm -hmm. from corn or gluten or dyes. We use, you know, uh, hypoallergenic creams for the topical hormones. And uh, so we tend to make sure that we work with practitioners and know the types of patients they are helping get better. And we have to keep these allergens out of the product. So, mm -hmm. you know. Now that's um, what I like about your pharmacy. And I always can get in contact and... Um, you know, discuss the problem or uh, if we have some additional allergy and things, so you always are helpful to give some input what else we can do. So compounding pharmacy, this is, a, that's real pharmacies which can do 
compounded drugs because it's easy to sell already pre-made medication, but to make new, clean, good medication, you have to really have a lot of uh, knowledge and uh, care. So, um, well, thank yes. you very much, Dr. <laughs> Coleman. That's why we've kind of always worked together for so long. Um, but uh, to wrap this up, how and where can someone reach you after listening to this podcast or webinar? Yes. Um, I see my patient in Reston. I have an office in Reston Town Center, and I'm happy to see the patients there. Uh, because of the COVID situation, I do also telemedicine. Um, well, Lyme patients are actually, we need to see in the office because there is a lot of more things we have to check at once. Uh, but I try to accommodate my patient and do as much telemedicine as we can do. So you can go to my website, uh, drevacoleman.com and uh, patients are free to make appointment on their own and sign into patient portal. I have a, a really, I developed very, very uh, good um, actually a system with my patients. I don't have secretaries and other people. So they go straight to me. We have contact all the time through the patient portal. And I like my patient to update me if there is some new symptoms or they are not aware of that, please send me a message. I will address that right away. So we won't go into deep problem and uh, you know, develop more symptoms. So that's how I like to practice medicine. And um, uh, usually you know, with my patient is journey and we have a good connection and we work together. Thank great, you for great. making that uh, possible to share all that information. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm Jay Gill, and I can be reached at jay at compoundingcenter.com for any questions or comments um, uh, on this episode. And please feel free to subscribe on our YouTube channel and our podcast, The Compounding, uh, the Compounding Center Connections. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes uh, on other topics. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day.